on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There is Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone. Welcome to the Clubhouse. Great to have your company right across Australia as we talk all things golf. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here each and every week. Uh, great to have your company, Marco. On a weekend where I think we saw one of the bravest shots yes. and one of the most controversial shots, I think, to win a <laughs> tournament by Dustin Johnson last week. Welcome to you. Yeah, nice to see you. Well, there is a little bit to talk about and I'm glad you've brought it up. In today's golf, that was a magnificent shootout. Yeah. To see Jordan Spieth doing what he does with the putter, and then Dustin Johnson doing what he does with the driver, and also the putter, mm-hmm. and also the wedges. Yes. You know, that wedge that he hit on the playoff hole, I think was better than the drive. Mm-hmm. It's a really ordinary last hole, by the way, with straight up the hill and all yep. that kind of stuff, and the way you can kind of cheat the corner. We might <laughs> talk about that a little bit later. Yes. But I, I, I understand that you know, people do enjoy saying someone take it on like, like Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you've got the strength, then you know, maybe you can. Maybe you should be able to. Maybe it shouldn't be the 18th. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. So do you think, all right, let's 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 play this out. So yeah. Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, they're in the playoff. Massive dog leg to the left over yes. water, yeah. in case you haven't seen it. And if you obey the dog leg, you've got to go down the right. Yep. If you can carry it 310 yards. That's correct. You can kind of just get over the rough and over, well, more importantly, over the water mm-hmm. and take the lake out of play. That's right. So Jordan Spieth hits first, hits it up the right side, mm. not very attacking, a little bit conservative. Yes. Ends up with a seven iron in. Yep. Dustin Johnson goes bang. Goes deep. Yeah, smacks really it, deep. Smacks it to within, what, what yeah. 70, oh, 80 yards? Yeah, 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 100 yards. 100 yep. yards, I reckon it would have been, so 90 metres. But he hit it to the same spot that he was in two in yes. the the other time. Now, the other time he went down the right. Mm-hmm. So wind conditions may well have changed. In fact, I'm, I'm saying must have changed. Well, he said he felt the wind behind him, Marco, and that's why he took the line. There you go. So, so things must have changed because he went down the right-hand side mm. the first time, hit a heel cut, got the worst line history, mm-hmm. chunked it out, and then the second time around, then he got up and down, by the way. He yep. didn't hit the greatest wedge shot, but he got up and down. Nice he held a, what, a 20-footer down the hill, yep, which was beautiful. And second time in. around, just took on the hole, took on the lake, took on the rough, took everything on. Yep. And then we know he's one of the great wedge players these days, as well as being one of the best drivers. Mm. And pitched it to, what, no, four foot straight up the hill. He had a putt or three foot straight up the hill and made no mistake. Yep. And beat Jordan Spieth. It That's was it. great. That's it. It was great. But controversy, Marco. A mm. lot of pros, a lot of commentators not happy with this hole, the the, uh, the playoff hole being the 18th. Because if you fly at 315, yep. basically you've got a 100-yard to 150-yard wide landing zone, Mark. Correct. Is this unfair and is it favouring the long hitters too much? Well, look, can I take you back to 1991, a crooked stick? One of the reasons they call it Crooked Stick was it had a lot of dog legs, crooked holes. Yep. And the kid who won that week was the eighth alternate or ninth alternate mm-hmm. at the start of the week, John Daly. John Daly back in 1991 hit the ball probably 30 yards further than just about everybody else. Yep. And again, at Crooked Stick, if you were a 270-yard kind of guy, you had to obey the dog leg. And if you obeyed the dog leg, you only had... 25 to 30 yards, paces, mm. to hit within. But if you could carry the ball 300 yards at will, 
where the dog legs started to turn, it's not. It's no longer 28 paces. It's more like 50 paces. Yeah. So John Daly took advantage of it that week. Hit driver absolutely everywhere. Mm. Even when there were some holes where he probably shouldn't have hit driver, he hit driver everywhere. <laughs> egged out. on by all the crowd and won famously. Mm-hmm. Oh, very famous. So that happened in 91. It certainly happened here in the playoff. Just in the playoff. It didn't happen on the 72nd hole. Yep. So conditions changed. You just told me that. And when I put that everything into the equation, half your luck, Dusty. Yep. Half your luck. But... The argument still is today, should anybody have the capability of carrying a golf ball with a small breeze, a tiny breeze behind you, 310 to 320 yards, carry. Yep. Now, I think, and this is just me going on what my eye sees, when Daly came along and he was the longest in the world, I would say to you that his club head speed would have been more than what... Dustin Johnson is running well, he, with today. Well, he looked like, just from the naked eye, that he was yep. dead set putting his whole body weight, which yes. was significant, yes. behind the ball. Yes. And look, you, you, you go back go back to that, those years in 1990, mm. 1991, 92, 93, when John Daly was at his longest and meanest off the tee and drank more than anybody else <laughs> in the history of the golf, ever. Um, he was a long way past everybody. And we're talking about the best players getting around. And one of the reasons these guys are the best players is because they hit the ball further than a lot of people mm. and straighter. They hit the ball long and straight, more so than most. That's why they get on the PGA Tour and they can play these tough courses and shoot 16 under par to win. Yep. John Daly was hitting it 30 yards, 30 paces. I'll keep on saying paces. 30 paces past everybody. Mm. His clubhead speed was beyond belief <laughs> back in the day. I put to you that his club head speed would have been 130 back in 1990. Yep. And Dustin Johnson's gets measured at around 125 mm-hmm. these days. So I'm guessing with John Daly, know a little bit about Dustin Johnson. 125 is enormous. Yep. That's Tiger Woods stuff in 1999 was about 121 to 125 yeah. when he needed to step on one. <laughs> Tiger Woods. <laughs> but... You and I have done some homework before the show. We have. We've gone out and had a look at how far John Daly was hitting the ball or the tour average as yep. well back in 19, what was it, 2000? Yeah. 99, 2000. You got those numbers there? Like there was around 270. Yeah, it's about 272. Was the tour average. Yep. And John Daly was up around 300. Mm-hmm. Um, these days it's very different. Yep. I mean, So Rory McIlroy is leading the tour this year. Yeah, on how many? a driving distance average of 316.4 yards. The only thing that's changed with Rory's uh, swing too, by the way, is that he's now got a tailor-made M1 or 2, yeah. and he's using the TP5X. Yes. What was he, just as a, as a, as a uh, side note to this, what was Rory last averaging year? last year? Yeah, uh, I'll just get that up. So he's first this year. His first this year, last year he was down in ninth position with 306. Right, so he's using a Nike ball and the old Nike driver. Mm. So just he's just picked up how long? 15? About 10 yards. About 10 yards with the ball and a club change. Yeah. Remarkable. Dustin Johnson, can I just have a look there too? The only thing mm-hmm. that would have changed with Dustin from this year to last is the ball. So last year he was 313. Yeah. This year? And this year, 316, 317. he is up to 314.8. Yes. So he's picked up two yards. Picked up two yards. Yeah. So that, that's, I know the we, we know the ball goes a hell of a lot further than the old ball. Yeah. That is absolute documented fact. That's why so many people are changing to it. I think at the US Amateur, 
they did the ball count there. For the first time ever, the TP5 and the TP5X outnumbered the Titleist ball. Mm. They're the, the numbers I got from TaylorMade anyway, yeah. so in, in tweets that they said. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, so th- this ball clearly goes further. So to me, Dustin's probably, you know, eased up a bit. Mm. <laughs> and he's still hitting the ball that much, I found that, it, that, that far. I found it fascinating that the contrast in the two weeks on the PGA Tour. So you had two weeks ago, we talked about mm. Henrik Stenson not using his driver all yep. week yep. and just hitting three wood after three wood after three wood, finding yep. the fairway. And then this week, it was decided because a bloke bombed his drive so far that... <laughs> He was able yeah. to win. Oh, yeah, good putting too. I mean, yeah, well, I, mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I know, I, I know I what you mean. I just think it was ironic that it was... I do know yeah. what you mean. And and they're very, very good points that you bring up. But what happens? Because, you know, when John Daly came along in 1991, you know, we were being told that the ball can't go any further. Yep. And then in 99, 2000, when Tiger was just blowing it past everybody. And, you know, Tiger's numbers are skewed because he was a very conservative player in 99 and 2000. He basically let his iron play into the greens and his putter and his short game ability just to destroy fields. Yeah. And he hit lots of irons and three woods. At three wood, he used to hit that an awful lot. Uh, the only time I really remember him dominating a golf course with the driver was at Pebble Beach in, I think it was 2000. It's either 99 or 2000. I'm, I'm going to say 2000. He dominated a golf course with the driver. Hmm. That's the only time I've ever seen that. So all of his stats, can you go back? Can you click back to 99 and 99, just see where see where Tiger was? Because yep. t- Tiger was the longest player who had the most club head speed of note back in 99 So 99, you had John Daly at number one with an average of 305. Yeah. Chris Couch was number two at 296. Yep. And Tiger they, Woods was number three at 293. Yeah. And that's Tiger using three woods a lot mm. in a lot of situations when 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 the, there was measured. Now, you know, when they do the measuring here in Australia, it's usually one hole one way, one hole the other. And early days in Europe, it was the same. For a long time in America, there's been more than just two holes. Yep. So a, a lot, you know, for a long time, um, you know, Tiger's three woods would have been uh, the, the number used yeah. to check it out. But he was clearly, he was longer than John Daly mm. in 99 and 2000. He was longer than Do- John. He was more accurate than John. He was more accurate than just about everybody <laughs> with the irons. And he had the best, he, he putted like Jordan Spieth does today. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, he hit chip shots like Seve Ballesteros. <laughs> he was unbelievable. He was a freak. He was a freak. Now, I want to talk a bit about Dusty because it was his first win since back in March where he won three in a row. Yep. Um, Leading into the Masters where he went up a spiral staircase, slipped on his socks. That's right. And hurt his back. It's a great what if that, isn't it? Because he was <laughs> in as good a form yeah. as any golfer we've seen for quite some time and at the, that point. And that tournament is just made for him. Yeah. Wider than normal fairways. Yep. You have to be good with the wedges, which we know he is. Mm. Um, and if you just leave the ball below the hole, away you go. And when you hit the ball as far as he does, leaving the ball below the hole becomes a much easier thing to do mm-hmm. than when you're hitting five irons in. Yep. Yeah. You can't. It's, it's almost, it's too hard. Yep. You're just happy with it on the green is at Augusta. dominate these playoffs, do you reckon, Dusty? Well, so I tell you, Speed looked awfully good. If he, mm. if he gets in the right mood... Uh, then Spieth's going to be up there. I'm still waiting for Hideki. I was really wrapped with Jason Day. Yeah? Yeah, no complaints this week. Did you hear any complaints? I didn't, no. no I didn't hear any complaints last week either. Yeah. 
So hopefully there are no complaints this week either. And he's got his eye on the ball and just wants to play good golf. And yep. Rory McIlroy has been disappointing, hasn't he? Yeah, what did he do last week? I didn't see him, uh, didn't see him play much. I'll get his, his final spot, but um, he just hasn't, quite, average. Quite, yeah. hasn't quite been the same player yeah. this year, has he? He hasn't no. won yet. I think this first year he hasn't won yeah. on tour. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he's got to keep the streak going. He's actually. got that injury at the moment. So he has said he's going to play in the playoffs and see still play a little bit in on the European tour as well. Yeah, okay. So, so the playoffs this week is down to the top 100. Yep. I love I love the system now. Oh, they, they, they nail the system to where the points change yep. coming into this week uh, and then they change again for the last one and you know, you've got to 125 plays week one, 100, then 70, and then 30. Top 30 is the grand final. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. And I love the fact they rejig uh, the numbers as well in that last one. And if you're in the top five, if you win the tournament, you win the lot. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, good. It can't get better. Yep. They've and done, that's they've done really well. I like, the, I like that last point you make, Marco, the fact that if you win it, and you're in that last top five, you win. then you win. Because yeah. it's got a real grand final feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see someone who was, you know, fourth or fifth. And if the numbers completely reverse, yeah. so if 30 comes first and yep. 29 comes second and so on, then 30 wins. That's it. How good. How good. <laughs> Remarkable. We've got to get to a break. Still plenty more clubhouse to come. Stick around right throughout the show. Marco's Masterclass. You'll get a free golf lesson. That is all coming up soon. Can we, We're talking about driving. Mm. Can we balance this up, please? Yeah. Let's talk about putting next. All right. I saw some things, especially with Jordan Spieth and mm-hmm. Polly Hideki from a couple of weeks ago. Let's help people with their putting next. All right, stick around for that putting lesson up next on The Clubhouse. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. It is The Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. If you do want to podcast the show at any stage, just search for The Clubhouse on iTunes. The podcast each and every week. Now, Marco, yes. we've spoken about the long drives and yes. things like that, but... Still got to you get the came job in done. today and you were very, very impressed with a couple of blokes putting. Yeah, well, look, this this stat gets brought up a lot. Is that the ball and the club, the, the game, the ball's never gone further. Golf clubs have never been easier to hit, yet the average handicap has remained the same. Yep. That's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, we all get involved with hitting the golf ball and all the rest of it. But at some stage, we've got to have a think about what we're doing on the short grass. Now, watching Jordan Spieth putt this week, it, it's so clear to me that – Movement is important in what he does. You know, when you watch a basketballer at the free throw line, they don't stand there like a statue and stare at the ring. Yep. Then suddenly shoot. They're always moving. They're they bouncing are. the ball. Bouncing They're it. looking up. Bouncing the ball. Keeping looking up. Loose. Keeping it loose. And then they turn it into a reaction. They look at the ring and they react to the ring. It's a bit like when you screw up a piece of paper. You look in the corner of the bin and you just throw it straight in. It's so easy. Mm. That's what they're doing. They're just getting their brain to react to what's in front of them. So many people don't do this on the putting green. When you watch Jordan Spieth, next time you watch him closely, he's always looking, he's always moving, his feet are always tapping. And then he starts his stroke with his beautiful forward press that he has incorporated every single shot he plays. Watch him chipping, hitting, driving. Don't think he can do it on the bunkers. Bit hard. But basically every single shot he plays – He's got this beautiful forward press mm. after feet bouncing up and down, staying loose, reacting to the line. That's all he can do. I mean, all he can do when you putt, very rarely can you look at the hole, although he used and, to. And he still does occasionally. He used to do it all the time. Occasionally he's right. Yep. But you can react to the line because when you're looking at the ball blankly when you putt, you should have 
pretty strong idea what line that ball needs to start on. So you can react to that line, mm-hmm. but you've got to not worry about mechanics. So Jordan Spieth, this is beautiful. He does his thinking with mechanics before he putts yep. in his practice stroke. Then you can see him getting in tune with the start line of every putt that he hits. And he bounces his feet. He puts the putter behind. He has one more look mm-hmm. for distance, I imagine. He looks back blankly at the ball. And I guarantee you, he knows exactly where that ball's got to start. Yeah. And he reacts to the line of that putt. It's beautiful. But it can't be done if you stand there like a statue. Rock solid. And wonder how the hell this thing's <laughs> going to go in. Yeah. It, it, can't, it can't actually happen. You've got to be fluid. The other one, the other guy I love watching, yeah. Hideki. Yes. Matsuyama. Now, he, he he's not a statue. He does it a different way. He's a bouncer. <laughs> so he actually <laughs> taps his putter on the ground behind the ball. Tiny little one millimeter taps. Mm-hmm. And the skill, you actually get better. I'm a, I'm a tapper as well. Are you? And yeah, I'm, I'm a tapper because I saw, David, when I, I used to, I've said this before, I used to caddy for David Ferrity when he came to Australia to play when I was yep. 14 or a 15 year old. And he would just plonk his entire shag bag on the putting green and he would just practice six footers. Mm. And I would just sit behind the hole and he made me wipe the ball. Even though he just hit a putt, I had to wipe the ball every time a ball went in the hole because he wanted his practice balls beautifully clean. And it's funny how, you know, the, 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 the more yeah. the more real um, successful people you meet, everything's got to be right for them. You know, everything has to be, be spot on. Spot on. It's got to be gotta right. Be the same. Routine, absolutely. Yep. And he was one of those. So he would putt for hours. Like it was the worst job in history until the tournament started with David Ferrity. And he would bounce that putter. And then one, you know, one time it was a hot day at Huntingdale where, where the Australian Park Masters were being played that year. And he was having a drink or his wife brought over a, a bottle. And I said, why do you bounce the putter? And he told me all these things. He said, you can't be a statue. Yep. You've got to bounce and you've got to react to the line. And that's what Hideki does as well. That's mm-hmm. what Greg Norman used to do. Yes. A lot of play. The only player I've ever seen statue up was Jack. But he, he he's a different he's unit. Yeah. yeah. He's a different unit. Yeah. For every person who wants to be Jack Nicholas, who just sits there and, you know, is a statue. Yes. There's a billion others who can't do what Jack did. Yeah. But the bouncing is important. Hideki does it beautifully. Just keep that little bit of movement. That's it. Keep the keep feet loose. tapping. Keep the feet tapping. Look for your lines and work out how you can react to starting the ball on that line. Yep. The statue is the biggest killer in not only chipping, but also putting yep. and probably the full swing as well. Probably. I want to ask you about, you speak about Jordan Spieth yeah. and how he sometimes looks at the hole yeah. when he's putting. Yeah. A lot of people will just be transfixed at the ball the whole time. Yeah. And a lot of people I imagine, Marco, out there listening will line up their golf ball with yeah. their line on the line that they want yeah. on the back of the ball, and they'll yeah. try and line it up with the, the back line on their putter. Yeah. To Smart. try and get that. Works aim. well. But then when they're taking their backswing, yeah. they'll try and keep that line as it's going back, and they'll be watching the club. Oh, now, they're trying to keep the club face square to the line on the exactly ball. Exactly right. All the way through the swing. Yes. Bad mistake. Yes. But yeah. Can't do it. So you would you encourage people out there listening when they're taking their – club back to be looking at the ball or to be monitoring the club itself to make sure that they're not taking it so fast. Rip roaring question. Neither. Now the reason 
it's neither is because you should only think about the line of the ball starting and you have this. Now, this is the way I describe it to people when you putt. You don't focus on anything. It's a bit like when you're driving your car a long distance. Mm. You're not staring at anything. <laughs> you are blankly looking out the windscreen. Just taking it all Aware. Yep. And you're aware of what's around you, but you're not pinpointing a thing. Yep. It's the same look when you look down at the at the golf ball. What you've got to be aware of, though, because staring increases tension. Yep. If you stare, like you just stare now at anything, mm. it's tension. It's mm. tension-filled. Mm. You don't, it's the last thing you want to do. So don't stare at the ball. Blank look. And that's with hitting as well. There's another master. Just, yep. When you hit, don't stare. Just blankly, you know where the ball is, go about your business. But when you have that blank stare, there also has to be the ability of where that ball needs to start. Yep. That's your one most important thing when you putt. React to the line that you want the ball to start on. Exactly like a basketballer reacts to the ring mm-hmm. when he's free throwing and, and probably jump shots around the court as well. You know, he doesn't stare at the ring when he's – they don't stare at it all the time. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're doing other things. They're like, look, react, yep. bang. Same when you screw a piece of paper up. When you screw the piece of paper up, then you have a quick look and you go bang and you throw it straight in. All those things, you look and your body reacts. Teach yourself to do it when you putt as well. Yep. So you're always looking for distance. You're always looking to stay loose with your feet tapping mm-hmm. or, your, or your blade of the putter bouncing. One millimetre bounces, little tiny taps. Watch it next time Hideki's playing. Watch the close-up. You'll yeah. see his putter tapping. You might even see Jordan tapping before yeah. he does his forward press to yeah. stay loose. And just one more. We we're talking about you know, really concentrating on line yes. here at the moment. Do what Jordan does with the short ones to get better at your long ones. So when you're warming up on the putting green, hopefully the putting green, the practice putting green, is the same pace as the, you know, basically the same pace as the course uh, greens as well. But when you have the 30-footer or the 40-footer and you practice putting, just once you've lined up, look at the hole and then putt and react to the distance as well. And you'll find that your stroke doesn't need to be this great big long thing. It just, it becomes a beautiful, balanced stroke or the distance required to hit the ball. And you become very, very good at hitting the ball the right distance, even though you're not looking at the ball anymore. You're just kind of blankly looking where the hole is. Yep. It works a treat. So you go through your whole routine, you line it up, you've read the putt. <laughs> the last thing you do is look up, so you're still moving, and then re- you react to where that hole is. So line kind of goes out the window, but your length becomes magnificent, mm. absolutely magnificent. So there's two different schools of thought, Hideki, versus Jordan to stay loose over your putts, but both of them react to the putting line. Love it. Now, if you're not going to go out there and putt better after that. Come on. Seriously. I feel like giving some pep talk almost. Because yeah. putting, you can't have, if you're having, if you're having 40 putts around, that's you're, your average. You're cooked. That's disgusting. You're cooked. Disgusting. Yeah. should be good. Like if you're having 30. Yeah. If, you're having, if, you're, if your average is 30 putts around, that turns your 80 into a 70 mm. or your 90 into an 80. Or you're 100 into a 90. Then on your good days, you have 25 putts because your average is 30. That's right. And on your good days, your 80 becomes That's 65. It. That's it. And you're not. Yeah, so it's, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Your 90 becomes 75. So instead your of Your 100 to, becomes as, 85 on your good days. As we said last week, instead of going to the range and hitting 100 balls every single time. 80% short game. 80% on the putter. 80%. But you've got to know what you're doing as well. Yep. So if, you, if you're if you practicing and you've been practicing being a statue, 
Unfortunately, you've been given some bad advice or you've worked it out for yourself and it's wrong. Don't do it. Always move. Don't be so exact when you line up. Just plonk it down. Stay loose. Keep moving. Forward press. Keep bouncing. Do something. And know where the ball needs to start and just react and get the ball started online. There you go. Right on. You're going to just... You'll be down to three soon. I'm going to be listening back to that and taking more and more notes on my putting, Marco, because it's pretty horrific. Yeah, well. So. What do you what, do you know what you're averaging? Do you reckon? Uh, They're 36. I reckon you'd be yeah. an average of a 36. Probably rounds. about that. Yeah. So you need to improve six mm, shots at least, up. and then on your good days you'll have 26. Yep. So on your good days, what's your handicap? Six. Nine. Nine. Yep. So on your good days you'd be playing. You'd be shooting one under basically. Be nice. Well, I think you should start <laughs> practicing your putting drills. Should come on. No, mate. I've been doing those drills that we talked about. That's oh, great. good. Yep. Anyway, we've got to get to a break. Plenty more clubhouse still to come. So stick around. Have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back. It is The Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Stick around. Still a masterclass from Marco still to come. You're looking a bit thin, Jules. What's going on? We walked into the studio today and you've been raving, raving about Mm. how good the ham and cheese toasties are at a golf course. At Kingston Heath. Yeah. They are magnificent. Mm. And all toasted... Toasted chicken avocado. Yes. So anything toasted. You know, Just a really like a toasty nice one. in the morning. Toasted ham and hot <laughs> English mustard. An absolute winner. That's right. This is a golf show in case you've just tuned in. It's, yes, uh, it is. Yeah. But, you know, being in a great clubhouse is half half the experience uh, that's of right. playing golf. Yeah. It, it, it is sensational. What? And you're about to say what? That you couldn't get one somewhere? No, well, I'm just saying that you've come in and absolutely raving about how yeah. you've got these ham and cheese toasties and you get the soup on the course. And I'm, I don't play at a fancy golf club you? like you, Marco. Beacon Hills is pretty fancy. It is nice, but it's not quite at the same, no, same was, level. No, it's not top 20 in the world. No. <laughs> no. But you've come in and said about these great ham and cheese toasties. And I often find that potentially after seven or eight holes, I might get a little bit hungry. And and I'm a little bit one. disappointed that I can't get a ham and cheese toasty, Marco. Yeah, well, that's a that is stupid. Mm. Can I just do just on the back of that? Yeah. The top five <laughs> dumb things at golf courses. Yeah. Can we do it? If, if you're at a <laughs> golf course, link, but I like it. If you're at yes. a golf course anywhere in the whole world and yep. you can't get a toasted sandwich Ooh. after the round yep. or any toasted sandwich you like, yep. like you can make it up. If you can't get it, that golf club you should never play again, <laughs> ever. Ever. I love it. I love I'm it. I'm serious. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. That is number five. Number five. All right. Number five. All right. All right. What's you going to say? I'm going to have a top five list. All right. Yeah. Of, of the so most stupid things at golf courses. Toasties currently. number five. All right. What's if you can't get a toasty and there yep. are plenty of golf clubs, then that's number five. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Especially in this country where we've been building golf courses on small blocks of land for a long time. And yes. In the past, crazy committee members have been planting trees two paces off the edge of the fairway. Mm-hmm. If you do not clip the branches at the very least, I mean, you should be kind of getting rid of the trees, but if you aren't at the very least clipping the branches at the bottom yes. so that, one, you don't lose a ball, and two, you can try and manoeuvre the ball out. Sort of a hook-style shot. And show, you, show us your recovery skills. Yes. That is number four, as the stupid things at golf clubs. Uh. If if you've got trees that are 30 metres away from the, the edge of the fairway, I understand. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about clipping it too much, mm-hmm. although you probably should. But for the two steppers, for the trees that are two steps off the, off, edge, off the edge, clip them back. 
Please. You don't mind a little a narrow trunk, potentially, Mark? No, it's Marco, no that deal. you can try and hook around or slice around That's just right. in the way. You can mow around. You can do, you, like, you know, right. these days... It looks it's good. These days they kind of poison the grass underneath and you, you have a bare area. It looks fantastic. It, but let us play golf. Yeah, no brand. Don't want to look for golf balls two steps off the fairway. It's stupid. Yep. All That's right. number three. That's number four. That's number four. Yeah. Uh, righto. This is hard off the top, man. Yep. <laughs> the unkept Heathland area. So I, you know how down in, in the sand belt, mm-hmm. you've got the tee yes. and you've got kind of a rough looking, you know, it's in looks between like it's, the parts it, that have found yeah, its way right. through it. Yeah. Every once in a while, one of those areas will just pop up <laughs> out of nowhere. It'll normally be on a tiny little mound. It's got nothing to do with anything. And they try and turn it into a little, like you a know, mini this, hazard is, type of a this is what it was in the 1920s yep. area. It's unkept. No one's even looked at it for 15 years and it's sitting there in disgrace. Yep. And it's off, it is a genuinely normally a, cr- a crappy yeah. mound that just yes. gets in your way. Oh, it's got nothing to do with anything. The grass on it's this long. You can lose oh, your ball in it's it. It's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, just leave it as grass and mow it and then... <laughs> Make a real Heathland-type area yep, somewhere. Agreed. That's in play and looks nice. Yep. Don't just leave a dodgy one out there that's, you know, 10 yards square. Agreed. In the middle of that. That, that, that is just a stupid look. Yep. So that's number three. That All is right. number three. Number two on the crap things oh, on golf. I'm, I'm harking back to my junior days here. Yeah. But the 150-metre peg or shrub. Oh, on each side. Why well, do you don't like that? Oh, no, just put it on the sprinkler taps for goodness sakes. It costs you a bugger all. It looks a thousand times better. Two trees, two sticks, mm-hmm. two sticks to say it's 150 metres. I mean, do everyone a favour and just put it on the sprinkler taps, please. It is stupid. Look after golfers. Let's let's play. So quick. you're not happy with the 200, the 150 and then the 100 marker? I don't mind them. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's not post, not a post, either side of the fairway. You know what is frustrating? It looks so bad. You know what is frustrating when you're what? trying to play one of those little punch shots from under the trees, mm-hmm. and then you smack it straight into one of those posts as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks so it looks so random and silly. Yeah. And number one, mm. the number one stupid, most ludicrous, dumb things you'll ever see at a golf course: garden rakes in the bunkers. Garden rakes in the bunk. <laughs> rakes that are designed for a golf course, please. Well, so you know the big green triangle ones? You know what are they called? Tongs? Is that what yeah. the teeth are called? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You get these garden rakes and the tongs are like five inches long uh. and that encourages people to slam the tong into the yep. sand and drag it and almost rotary hoe the bunker. Yes. The last thing you want to do in bunkers is rotary hoe the bunker every time you hit a shot. Yes. A real golf course rake. Just slightly covers up where you've been, mm-hmm. and it doesn't dig in, it doesn't soften bunkers, and you get a much cons- more a much more consistent yep. sort of surface and to you play get out of. A nice result at the end of it. That's right. Looks good and you, you, easy. You don't get people playing table tennis from one side of the green <laughs> to the other and then back because the runk. You know what? Also, they're wider, so you only need one rake instead of two. Yep. It, there are so many reasons, and you've got to see these beautiful wooden ones. I played Yarra Yarra the other week. And I know Royal Melbourne have got them as well. And I think Commonwealth Golf Course also has them. They have mm-hmm. these beautiful, I don't know, it must be a cane rake. And it's a pole and they put a split in the pole and it goes out. It looks beautiful. But these rakes that they've got at Royal and Yarra Yarra, 
you almost want to go in the bunker so you can rake. Oh. That's how good you've they lost, are, Jules. You've lost the plot. You almost <laughs> want to go in there and test them out. But if you are a golf course uh, committeeman right now. Fork out for the proper rakes. Or if you're a greenskeeper who's been looking at these stupid garden rakes in bunkers for a long time, can you just fix it? Just fix it. Get it done. It's good. It's just stupid. It ruins the garden. Garden rakes in bunkers ruins bunkers. Yeah. They're crap. And no one wants to use them. While we're at it. They're garbage. While we're at it, tell the punters out there how they should leave the rakes, Marco, after they're finished. Oh, uh, well, now, now you're really. <laughs> when I was playing pro- professionally, we would be fined 500 bucks on some tours really? if we left a rake in a bunker. Mm. And. Every, everywhere I go, you've got to leave the rake in the bunker. It only encourages people to put it on the face and lazily throw it in. Just There's always a tongue on a bunker. Just leave the rakes in the tongues where you walk down into. Yep. Bad luck if you hit one off the tee. I mean, it never happens. It should be where you walk in the bunkers, that's where you leave the rake. That's where they go. That's where they go because you know what happens? People throw them into the middle of the bunker and they leave these great big marks and they've just done all this effort raking them up and they throw it in. Yep. And then you've got to walk to the bunker. Uh, walk to yeah. the rake, walk to where you ball Yes. Is, and then you've got to fill got... up twice as many footprints. That's exactly right, Jules. If it's left out of the bunker, you can just pick it up, <laughs> walk around to the shortest possible distance, Yes. hit your shot, and rake up just a little bit without a garden rake in your hand. <laughs> oh. Talking all the big issues on the clubhouse. Well, it drives you crazy, <laughs> Jules. The little things on the golf course, Marco, are important to it's address. It's always little things, mate. Yes. It's always little things. Yes. Well, that's for starters. Let's for, for starters, get rid of garden rakes out of golf course bunkers. They're stupid, they don't work properly, and nobody wants to use them. A break. When we yes. come back, Marco's Masterclass. I need a drink. Marco's Masterclass. It's time to get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen, the best teacher in golf on radio. And we do it all for Club Mandalay Golf Course. Play golf, play Club Mandalay. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. It's great golf in Melbourne's north. Play golf at mm. Club Mandalay. Right, we've spoken a lot about putting today uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Hideki bouncing the putter and Jordan Spieth moving his feet and then forward pressing into it. Uh, I don't like saying this, but this one comes from my brother. Wow. He was a club champion at Huntingdale and a very, very good putter his whole life. Is he off now? Probably off about two or three. Yep. But when Peter was putting well, he was very, very, very good. Very good. And his only swing thought, and this would be ridiculous to most, was just to roll the ball over and over. Just to get the ball rolling. We always think about hitting the putt. Just hitting the putt. Mm. But you try this. It's a different attitude. And you almost caress the ball to roll straight away. It's not a topspin motion like some people did. Like my dad, my dad used to tell me to try and topspin <laughs> the ball. It doesn't work. It's been proven on the fast cameras. Yep. You, you, you can't topspin a ball. Mm. It's impossible. But you try rolling it. You know, you always hear he puts, you know, the best putters make the ball roll the best yeah. and the ball doesn't bounce. That's true. Because for whatever reason, they get the ball rolling faster than others. And if you are only thinking about, you know, we're talking about the line before and getting the ball to start on the line. Mm-hmm. Try getting the ball. Take it one more step. Try to get the ball rolling on that line. Mm. So go to a whole different level. I mean, you don't want to give people too much. But if, you, if you've been a line noticer and that's what you do, you just try and start the ball on the line, 
try and just add this little more, this tiny bit more, another little leaf to what you do in your putt. Try to get the ball to start rolling right. on that line and react to that. And it'll make a difference. It, it makes a huge difference. It's, it's, it's a mindset. But before, you know, sometimes you, you don't hit putts. That's it's another one. You stroke a putt. And I think when you have the hitting mentality, you don't roll the ball as well. Mm. But when you have a stroking mentality, which you kind of just you get it for some reason when, you, when you're trying to roll the ball. Right. When you do, you mentally think about rolling it. You feel like you're going to stroke it more than yes, it. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the whole thing. Mm. So you know, vocabulary is very, very important when you teach people, but it's also very important to yourself. And I think if you try and roll a ball, you're more inclined to stroke the putt. Yeah. So again, don't be a statue. Know where you have to start the ball, what line it is, and get the ball rolling on that line. Try and roll the ball on that line. I think you'll find you'll stop hitting putts and you'll start stroking putts. Nice. It's a good tip. I it like works that. better. I like that. A lot of mental stuff today in the show. Yeah. I like it. It's a yeah. mental game. It is a mental game. It's a mental game. Every game mm. is a mental game. Yep. Except for weightlifting. I think it's just brute force. Do you reckon? I think so. You got to look. You got to rethink that you can lift those weights. We'll probably get weightlifters telling us tomorrow. Yeah, it's you're, a real mental game. It is a mental sport. Weightlifting. <laughs> Play it golf. probably is so. Play golf for two people at Club Mandalay, including a motorised cart mm. with a drink, seventy nine bucks. Great value there yeah, for our is. friends at Club Mandalay. What about that hot dog eating contest? Do you reckon that's mental? I reckon I can get one more in. Yeah, yeah I reckon it probably is mental. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Good hey, on you, buddy. Run. We'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy.